Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Daniel Hagen. Glory to God. Hey, let's stand up. Let's keep standing up here. You know how it goes. Because we want to honor Jesus. Amen. So I want to encourage the people at the back in particular to give an extra loud cheer. All right. And we're just going to shout out the name of Jesus because he's so worthy of our praise. Amen. So on the count of three and uh, just, you know, it says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if your heart's been set ablaze for the king, then uh, let it out. You ready? One, two, three. Jesus, you're worthy. Jesus, 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 Come like the crashing wave, come flood our nation. There's many to be saved, come like the wind. Come like a crashing wave, come flood our nation. There's many to be saved. Yes, God. Yes, Father, we ask you for the lost. We ask you for lost Australian families, lost Australian friends, people who do not know God. Father, we pray that you would show them this year who you are through our lives. God, please use our lives, use our little, little life to touch somebody in this nation. Thank you, Father. We ask you in the next 12 months that this nation would see Jesus like never before. We ask you, Lord, that you would use us Please mercifully use us, Jesus. Thank you, God. You've given us the mandate to not have fear. We ask you for souls. We ask you for our unsafe family and friends. Get them, Jesus. Get them. Get them, God. Jesus. What we're going to do, just Thank you, Lord while Jesus. you're standing, unsaved Praise family you. and friends, let's go after them right now. Think about, yeah. just ask God, put someone in my heart right now, yes, maybe two, three people, unsaved yeah. family and friends that need to get saved, that need to get born again. 
I want you to think about that. In a moment, I want you to actually speak their name out and say, Jesus, yes. get them. Jesus, get them. And I'm going to invite Ben just to pray into that. Family and friends, let's see them saved. Just ask God now to show you two or three people right now to pray for. We're going to speak their name out. and We're going to believe for salvation, that God's going to move powerfully on their life. Let's do it. And, and begin to pray in the Spirit. Just begin to pray in the Spirit right now First person that comes well. to your mind as well. First person, not, not just who is it. First person that comes straight to your mind right now. That person or those two, three people. Okay, use their name, speak their name out. Say, God, I thank you for Peter. I thank you for Daryl, whoever it might be. I thank you for Sarah. Just begin to bind them to the cross of Calvary. Say, get them, Jesus. Just pray over their life that God would encounter your family, your friends. Thank you, Father in heaven. All right, now what I want you to do is uh, just grab... Grab the hand of the person next to you and then tell them the person that you're praying for and get them now to pray for the person that was on your heart as well. prayer of agreement. Agree together. The prayer of agreement as a family. name in Jesus name that's great praying I can feel the faith the prayer of agreement the prayer of faith it says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much in Jesus name let's give Jesus some praise come on glory glory to God yeah let's move on that now yeah you may be seated um Matt, can you put up the first slide that I sent you, my friend? There we go. Guys, uh, we have a mandate for next year that we've prepared that we really wanted you to see. You may have already seen it, but uh, there's just a couple of quick things. What you just did then in taking 30 seconds to pray and say, God, who is the person that, that you really want me to pray for this year that you're going to save? Now, we know because of the scripture that it's God's will that all men should be saved. 
But I also know that all men are not saved. And the gap between that, all men saved in God's will, is us. It's our heart. So it's our willingness to say yes to God on behalf of our family and friends. So what we're going to do this year is we're going to go after 100,000. Dan and I were praying in tongues. And the Spirit of the Lord prayed through us a prayer. It was, it was really the Spirit of God. It said 100,000 in 2018. So um, that's really the mandate that we're, we're going after this year. So the first thing is to take that time when you're at home uh, to do a short prayer, or we could even do a 30-second prayer now and put those three names on your phone on a post-it note on the, the bathroom mirror. So when you get up in the morning and when you, you're brushing your teeth, you just look at those three names and just present them before God in prayer. Obviously, you'll probably spit toothpaste everywhere, but, um, but just once you're finished, pray for them. Pray that their soul would come to know God. Now, we're not praying prayers of, of, of just what we want. We're praying for the absolute best thing for any human being is that they meet Jesus. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, and so you can do that. It doesn't have to be long prayers, by the way. Uh, the second thing is commit your heart to a lifestyle of relational discipleship. Dan and I have been exploring this a lot, haven't we, bro? We need to be people that don't take the burden of the word discipleship that Satan has put on that word. It's the same with the burden of the word evangelism. It's a lie. The enemy's placed that on that word, on those different words, to try and discourage people. The word discipleship simply means this, loving relationship, relational discipleship with the person that you already know. For example, say that we're already friends, and he's prayed for me for a long time, and now I'm saved. He doesn't really have to do a lot to disciple me because he's my friend. So he can just ask me as a friend, come to church, come to home group, whatever, and also encourage me in the word and to get baptized. So that first few months of somebody being saved, the reason why we're putting this on the mandate is because people are going to be saved. And what we don't want and what God does not want is that people are saved and we're like, woohoo, we prayed for three months and my best friend got born again and now my life is like I'm, you know, not helping them anymore. So we need to help these people. Uh, and that's a really big one for us, isn't it, bro? This is, this is probably the biggest one. By the way, do you know how easy this is when you're a friend of someone already? When they get born again, or it's your relative, they're already, you're already in their life. So you don't have to figure out every Bible verse to show them. You don't have to say, let's have a two-week times a week Bible study. You can if you want. But it's not that it's up to you to become their teacher. The Holy Spirit will do most of the work. It's just up to you to be willing. Lastly, every single... I'm, we're going to pray, and I'm going to pray that... And I'm push for this, that everybody who's in a Christian church in Australia would be praying at 7 p.m. every day for Australia to be saved. So that every day, put up the next slide there, Maddie. Every day, that's on my phone. Australia for Jesus. It's an alarm that's a daily alarm. You can place it on yours. I saw Kyle last night. Uh, he put on the, the Facebook page, Awakening Australia. He put a picture of, of them as a family having a repetitive event every night at 7 p.m. And now you don't have to do an event that lasts for an hour. You can only do, might only be three minutes. But for us, we're putting it, and we're going to push it all over Oz, that thousands would pray Australia for Jesus at 7 p.m. every single day in Oz and just declare our country back to God in 2018. And uh, that's a daily alarm. <laughs> and if I'm at, at a dinner, and we do this in Europe at 5 p.m., if I'm at a dinner, we just stand up and go to the bathroom. So if the thing, or if I'm with Christians, I'll go like this, I'll show the phone. That's interesting. I'll show the phone and flip it around and I'll say, guys, we've got to pray for, for Europe. Or guys, we have to pray for Australia. So if you're at dinner with Christian friends, perfect time to show them the phone and go, bro, this alarm's gone off. It's time for us to pray. And then all of you pray for 30 seconds. God, take back Australia. Come and take back our country. So I, I told Dan, I thought it was pertinent 
to Dan leading us then in prayer to pray for our family that we would show you this right now. So can you do us a favor, um, and this is, this is one of those mandatory ones. This is a mandate, which is, means it's mandatory. Praise God. Um, the reign of God is coming to our country, but we must apprehend it. You've got to say yes. So I'm asking that all of you, I'm not saying do me a favor, do God a favor. Place an alarm on your phone daily and place just three people that come to your mind today on a post-it note on the fri- on the somewhere that you'll see it, the fridge, the mirror, or next to your bed. And if you're married, maybe you both pray together and say, God, show us four or five names. And every single day when you see them, you bind them to the cross of Calvary and ask Jesus to touch them. It may only be 30-second prayers, but if you really believe it and have faith for it, God will do it. And my own brother, Samuel Fitzgerald, is proof of that because I prayed 30-second prayers for a long time, and now he's a pastor in Dan's church. So get your phone out now. I'm not waiting. Yeah, let's do it now, actually. Get your phone out. Let's do it now. You know, Ben and I travel uh, around in various places, and one thing we notice, particularly amongst some other main religions like the Jewish, Mm -hmm. those involved in Islam, they have no uh, qualm about praying publicly when it's their time to pray. Not at all. I think this is a great opportunity. Come seven, you might be at a family dinner yep. and they're like, what, what are you doing? And just say, it's seven o'clock, I'm praying for our nation. Just without fear and it's a great opportunity actually to share yep. our faith. Yep. And we just pray, 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 pray together. So let's do it now. Let's, let's clock onto our alarms. What better time than now? If not you, then who? If <laughs> Come not Jesus. Now than when? Glory to God. I honestly think that's prophetic. It has not rained like that all morning. Uh-huh. Come flood our nation. Seven, seven, seven. How do I do this? Let me help you. Anyone else need help? (laughs) Beautiful. Every day. Click every day. This is great. Australia for Jesus. I, I'm going to put a little flag on yours like mine. It's Thanks, nice mate. to have a flag Maybe there. a little bit of fire as well. Put a little, a little fire, fire icon. Fire icon. I'm going to put that chubby kid icon as well. Big eyes? Big eyes. <laughs> There's no dreadlock icon, but... Spewing. Uh, let me find this here. Glory to God. So you guys doing it? Getting it in there? Hold up your phones if you've done it already. Look at that. We Good are. job. We are onto it. Now, don't feel, if you feel like, well, I don't want to do that. I didn't get a choice. <laughs> hey, Chelsea, your calendar just came up on Dan's phone. Pray for Australia for Jesus. We're in sync. We're in sync. Yeah, praise God. It's a good marriage. All right. Thanks, you're, mate. You're ready to roll. Yeah. But that's a serious thing, what Dan and I are saying about, um, please do not feel ashamed. Get up, go to the bathroom, pray 30 seconds. Australia for Jesus. Declare it. Good? Glory to God. That's the mandate. If you want that mandate, it is on the Awakening Australia Facebook page. You can get it there, print it out, or just, I don't know, just look at it. (laughs) It's there. Praise God. I'm going to invite Ben to speak a little more in Awakening Australia shortly as well. Uh, A couple of things. You know, we've had some uh, extreme weather predictions over the last coming days. So, Maddie, I just want to say... Thank you, everyone, to braving these 
crazy conditions and coming to church this morning. <laughs> I think it actually has flooded a little bit in the city. I saw a photo of a really fancy car that got stuck under a bridge there earlier this uh, a couple of days ago. Hey, um, I'm going to, over the last week or so, we've been reviewing, uh, doing an annual review with staff. Uh, we'll be continuing that over the next week with our leadership. And so we're reviewing everything, everyone, and we do it every year. And then we basically, during the holiday period, over the next two to four weeks, we put it, Chelsea and I put everything on a table, if you like, and we start with a clean slate and we say, God, what is 2018 going to look like? And we spend time in prayer and in fasting. We take all the information as we review it over the next week and we take it to God and say, what's it going to look like in 2018 in every way? Our treasurer is currently uh, redoing our budget across the, the whole ministry. And we're looking at leadership, we're looking at ministries, what do you want us to continue to do, what do you want us to prune, to stop, um, because we want to be really fruitful and we don't just want to assume that we just keep rolling like we always have. We want to do what God wants us to do as a community and as a family. So there will be some changes like always, we're going to be praying about the, the focal points, the vision for 2018 and as always come around January 15 when we go back full swing again. Uh, we'll present the vision for 2018 and it's always a great time to start fresh. So I'd encourage you maybe to apply that type of principle in your own life too. It doesn't have to necessarily be around the new year time, but it can be a good time as well to hit the restart button, refresh and say, God, spend some time in prayer and fast and say, God, what do you want me to focus on in my personal life for 2018? What do you want me to be doing this year? Where do you want me to spend my energy, my attention? and focus. And so we've always found it very fruitful to do that as a family, as uh, individual people, but also as a church family as well. And so, uh, man, the year has gone so quickly. We're already in December, Christmas coming soon. Uh, by the way, the Joy to the World uh, release is tomorrow. So you can get pre-order tomorrow, December 4. And so the Joy to the World song on the four-song EP will be available tomorrow. So it's Christmas carols, maybe like you haven't heard before with the, the fire church and the awakening touch to it. Uh, those, those beautiful, timeless, ageless adorations, but with, uh, with a bit of a rock and modern twist to it. So uh, you might want to be playing those as you eat your turkey and roast chicken, roast vegetables, all those beautiful things over Christmas. Amen. Glory to God. Well, some really, really important things, some exciting things. We have got a couple of announcements and some information to give you today, which is really cool, really exciting. Uh, as I said, we're doing a, a refresh, uh, we're doing a review, but there are a couple of things that we already know very clearly from God that we're going to announce today, okay? So how about you say to the person next to you, get ready for a big announcement today. Jesus. But before we do that, we're going to get into the Word of God, and it's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. So you can get your Bibles open. Bibles, Bible, 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 we love the Bible. Amen? 
And while we're at it, one of our focal points this year was media and music. I re- did a review with our uh, one of our staff members and someone that heads up our media department. Often he doesn't like the spotlight, but I like to give people like that the spotlight sometimes. And uh, Maddie down the back. And thanks to all the media team. Paul down the back. I mentioned the Harley Davidson that he built, the Harley Davidson of media. Extraordinary device he's got back there. I actually feel like being part of the media team when I see that. I want to get, get on the roster. If you don't know what I mean, just go and check it out, maybe at the end of the service. But uh, I had the review with Maddie, and we discovered that our media clips and all the work that Matt and his team have done have gained four, over 400,000 views in eight months. So that's a, a globally 400,000 views. That's 400,000 people that are looking at the name of Jesus, that are seeing the name of Jesus glorified. Isn't that awesome? That's four times the amount that we had in 2017. And I believe that's evidence of when you focus on something, it grows. And so as a family, that was one of our focal points. That's what we felt God highlighting, wanted to focus on that, and four times the amount. So well done, Matt and all the team. I know firsthand of multiple testimonies, some crazy stuff actually, of what's taken place because people have looked at social media and have seen the name of Jesus glorified because of the media clips and various things that have come out of here. One lady, in fact, was suicidal and she wanted to take her life. I think, I don't know all the the exact details, but from what I understand, she passed out when considering taking her own life. She doesn't know us. She hasn't liked our page or anything like that. But she woke up in the morning and because someone from here shared a particular clip, this lady who's not connected with us directly saw something when she woke up from being passed out to do with Jesus and to do with this church. As a result, she took that as a sign from God and she walked two hours to get to church here the next day and gave her life to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? That's just one of the many, many testimonies. So I want to encourage you to uh, be involved in that. Social media is such a huge platform for us to get the name of Jesus out, to connect with your friends, to connect with your family. So I'd encourage you to share things that we put together, share things that we're putting together about Jesus, and let's get the word out that Jesus is king and that there's a great awakening coming to this nation. Amen? All right. So uh, praise God. Thank you. So we're going to go Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. It says this, Therefore he says, who's he? Capital H. Anyone know that? Let's have a quick theology class. When it's capital H, what does that mean? It's God. Deity. Capital H. He says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. This is talking about Jesus. When he ascended on high, so in other words, after he, so this is after the cross, and of course he was raised back from the dead three days later, spent some time with the disciples, and then he ascended on high. We know that he gave us the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm not going to leave you orphans just because 
uh, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving you in this earthly form, in, th- in this bodily form. I'm giving you something, my spirit. And my spirit is with you always. My spirit will never leave you or forsake you. And so he ascended on high. And the first thing that he did, everyone say first thing. So it must be pretty important, right? The first thing that he did when he ascended on high is give gifts unto men for the church. You know, the church is very important to God. The church is not man-made. It's not an institution that we should put down. The church means a lot to God in every form, in every facet. Be careful what you say when it comes to God's church. It's his bride and he loves her very much. The first thing he did was establish leadership and establish giftings in the church so that the church would become mature and unified together in love. Did you know that? Very important to God. The first thing that he did. He ascended on high, led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Verse 9. Now he ascended, what does it mean, but that he also first descended in the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. I could spend a lot of time on this, but I won't. But just to give you a quick little bit of understanding, he went into Hades, in this, literally in the center of the earth, took back the keys of sin and death, declared publicly in Hades that it is finished. He has victory. He preached the truth. And then those that were in the waiting place called the bosom of Abraham, the people of faith, he led them out of the waiting place. We don't need a waiting place anymore. Why? Because the blood's been shed now. And now that when we're absent from the body, we're present with the Lord. Amen? Because the blood's been shed and we can now abide in the third heaven with the Father. But before the blood of Jesus, there was a waiting place because it wasn't possible then for them to abide in heaven yet, in the third heaven. That's how important the blood is. Jesus had to come. He didn't come just to share a few nice little things and teach us the way. Yes, he taught us the way, but he also made a way for us to have a relationship with God so that we can abide with the Father in the third heaven forever and ever and ever. So that was super important, right? But so was the ascending and the giving of gifts unto men. And this is my point that we're going to be talking about today. Verse 10. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Everyone say all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Everyone say some. So we see here that the fivefold offices or the fivefold giftings are not for every believer. It's a divine call. It's an ordained call. In fact, God has appointed these certain roles for believers in the church, for the church. And he did that even before we were formed, fashioned in our mother's womb. How, how do we know that? We have evidence of that. In a, new, in a number of places, one very clear place is when God is talking to Jeremiah 
Remember that? And he said, Jeremiah, I knew you even before you were formed in your mother's womb. He had knowledge of Jeremiah. He, he knew the outcome of Jeremiah's life. He had foreknowledge, intimate knowledge of Jeremiah even before he was formed in his mother's womb. Man, that excites me because I know that there's a destiny on each and every one of our lives that we can step into, that we can walk into. And it's a great destiny. It's a wonderful destiny. And each of us has a unique destiny. It's important not to try and be like anyone else, man. You will rob the body of Christ if you try and be like someone else. God loves you and He's formed you in a certain way that's different than anybody else. In Genesis, it says that we have been made in the image of God. God is so big. I think we can all agree on that, right? And each one of you represents a certain facet or angle of like a diamond. You turn it and there's all these different facets and angles. That's like the body. That's like us as a people. We're all different and we need to celebrate the differences. That's maturity when you learn to celebrate one another. You learn to celebrate the differences, the diversity in one another, knowing that each one of us represents a different facet of God. Isn't that beautiful? And so the fivefold ministry is one example of celebrating different facets and strengths and expressions of God, in particular in the church setting. Amen? So he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. That tells us that not everyone is called to be in the office of that, although we're all called to look like Jesus. Amen? And you might be called to the business realm, but you're called to look like Jesus. And you're called to win the lost and pass the people in the business realm or whatever it might be, the medical field or the media field or as a mum or as a dad or whatever job or whatever role you're doing, you're called to look like Jesus. But the fivefold ministry, there's certain strengths and certain giftings that God gives certain people to help equip the church to look like Jesus. To help equip every believer to look like Jesus. That's why I love the mandate of Awakening Australia because not only are we saying, hey, this is not just a role to win 100,000. We can't just rely on the one preacher. We can't rely on the Billy Graham to win it all for us. This harvest is going to be way too big for that. But the evangelist is saying, hey, let's all get involved in the harvest. The evangelist will be good at it. The person in the office of evangelism will be good at it. But they're there not only to help you win the loss, but they're there to equip you to do the job, to do the ministry, to do the work. So we're starting to understand that as a body, I believe. We're starting to come into that. God's restoring that revelation back to the church and reforming that revelation that's always been there, but sometimes we miss it. But also in the realm of pastoral, The pastor's job is not to pastor everybody. The pastor, if if they have to pastor everybody, they will burn out and they'll give up and they will not want to do the job anymore. The pastor's job is to equip the saints to be pastoral to our friends. And so I love the mandate because it's about, discipleship is about us as people winning our friends, winning people that we meet on the street to Jesus. But not only that, beginning to mentor them, beginning to pastor them, and beginning to help them grow in the things of God. If we'll all get that, 
even if it's just one or two or three people that we have in our life that we're beginning to mentor and pastor, man, this thing is just going to go absolutely bananas, gangbusters for Jesus. Amen? But this is what we need. Everyone to roll up their sleeves, to build community, to bring your expression, to release your expression in the area that you're in, make disciples, win your friends to Jesus, and let's see this nation get rocked. Amen? So that's the role of the pastor is to equip everyone to be pastoral. Amen? It's the same with the the prophet and the teacher and the apostle. And I'll prove that to you in a moment. Verse 12, why do we have the fivefold ministry? For the equipping of the saints. Who are the saints? Why don't you say to the person next to you, you're a saint. This scripture's talking about you. If you've been involved in Roman Catholicism, you might be freaking out a little bit right now. No, I'm not a saint. Yes, you are. The Bible says you are. A saint means holy one. How are you holy? Well, if you've been born again, you're holy. Jesus made you brand new. He ripped out the sinful nature and made you a partaker of his divine nature. That's how you're holy. So you come into this category of saints. So the five officers are there to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. What's the ministry? It's such a broad term. Reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation. Why? Well, who are we reconciling? Firstly, to God. We're reconciling people back under God. Amen. But ministry means really to serve. And we serve one another and we serve God. That's the work of the ministry. Amen. And we're all involved in that. We're not called to be pew warmers, Sunday churchgoers. That's just one small aspect, two hours on a Sunday, man. That's not church. It's just one little element of church. Church is every day, and we're all involved. The way I see the Sunday service, now I don't put down the Sunday because I honor it. I respect it. We see it's part of the ordinance of the early church. They gathered on a weekly basis on the Lord's Day. They got together. Very important, but it's just one component. I see it like the coaches address. And we're all the players, but the coach comes together and says, come on, we can do this. All the halftime address, some of us are a bit wounded from the week and we come together, we get prayer, we get bandaged up, but then we go back out again for the work of the ministry. Amen? And that's what this is talking about here in Ephesians 4, 13 and 4, 12. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, what does edify mean? For the building up. For the building up of the body of Christ. Who's the body of Christ? We are collectively. We're a local body and we're also connected to the wider body of Christ. Whether you're a Baptist, whether you're a Pentecostal, whether you're a charismatic Catholic, whatever you may be, we're all connected as one body. Amen? Verse 13, till we all come to the unity. How long do we need the fivefold ministry for? Has it finished yet? Does the work of the apostle, has that ceased now? Well, we know the pastor's role isn't finished. The prophet's role, something is finished, but it hasn't finished. None of it's finished yet because we're not there yet. We're not in heaven. We're not face to face. We've still got a big job to do. The church is still growing in strength and maturity. And we need the fivefold for this. 
till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We're in that process. Amen? Why else? That we no longer be like children. We've got to grow up and mature. Tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. We don't, we don't just float around, oh yeah, I like this idea now, I like this idea. Particularly in this age where we can just Google something and information is just everywhere and we can just follow every little bit of wind of doctrine. We need the fivefold to keep us on track. It says in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. We need the fivefold to make sure to help one another stay on track. Amen. To and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. Why am I talking about this? Well, it's important. It's the Bible, so why not? But also, um, specifically, because I've got a couple of important announcements like I mentioned. So I want to invite now uh, Chelsea and also Beck to come on up on the stage, on the stage here. And yeah, let's all stand and give them a big cheer. You might not know why we're cheering them yet, but just give them a cheer and you'll find out. <laughs> and I'd also now like to invite our board elders to come up as well. Our board ministry elders. Let's give them a big cheer as they come up. And I have heard that sometimes board boards can be a little boring, but not this crew. They're a great bunch. And why do we have a board? Well, we are a part of an incorporation, so legally we have to have a board. But it's also scriptural to have elders and uh, to have people that are senior, that are experienced to help guide and lead this ministry. So that's why we call it a board of elders or ministry elders. Does that make sense? So if, if you're new, now you know who they are. And they oversee not only this campus, but also our um, other campuses as well. And speaking of that, welcome Mr. Lee Wong from Geelong all the way here. And he's going to be flying back to Geelong straight after this service for his own service. So thank you, mate. We really appreciate you. Um, so grab your seats again. And I'm going to try and not uh, take too much time because I want to give some more time to Ben to speak into some things as well. But I want to take us to Acts chapter 13. Everything we do is scriptural. We try to be scriptural. And uh, we're o certainly open to learning and growing. But everything we do, we try to make sure it's because it's not our idea or some new idea. It's because it's what the Bible says. And one of the reasons that we appoint leaders and elders and one of the reasons that we make a big deal like this is because uh, we see that that's the way they did it and that's the way God considers it in Scripture. Uh, church to God, it, it's a family, but it's also very structured, uh, even heaven's very structured. It's free. There's, it's freedom within a structure. The structure's there to protect the freedom. The structure's not there to take away the freedom. The structure's there to protect 
the freedom. Even in heaven, we have many examples of uh, leadership, authority, structure. For example, the angels and the archangels, there's certain uh, levels even amongst the angels. There's a lot of order and there's a lot of structure for the protection of freedom. Amen? So, And I see that consistently throughout Scripture. Church is not just some loose thing that we do. Loose things without structure can turn into cults, trust me. I've seen them in operation. <laughs> Glory to God. But we want, we want to do things biblically, amen? And so I want to show you something very, very, very interesting. Acts 13.1, it says, Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who were called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Uh, by the way, Saul is Paul here as well. Everyone say Paul. Everyone say Barnabas. They're the two that I'm highlighting. Verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, everyone say Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's God. Did you know that? We love the Holy Spirit. It's not some mystical force. Holy Spirit's a, a person. It's the part of the triune, the Godhead. Holy Spirit's beautiful. The Holy Spirit's here right now with us, working through us. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then they fasted and prayed and laid hands on them. Everyone say, laid hands. And sent them away. Right, so what we see here is what we term ordination. We see the appointment of leaders. And in this particular case, there was the appointment of Barnabas and Saul or Paul who were at, at one point, they were, or in this early stage in verse 1, it says they were noted as teachers and as prophets. They were in the office of teacher and prophet, like we read earlier in Ephesians 4.11. And now we see the Holy Spirit saying, Now separate unto me, Paul and uh, Barnabas, because I have a new work for them to do. I'm not going to go there, but in your own time, you can read the next chapter, 14.14. And you'll see that now they are noted, this is Barnabas and Paul, now they are noted as being apostles. So verse 13, verse 1, they're noted as teachers. They're noted as, as in the company of prophets. Then we see that the Holy Spirit says, separate them unto me. I've got a new role for them to play. The Holy Spirit spoke to the leaders, spoke to the elders, spoke to the presbytery and said, separate them, lay hands on them, ordain them, release them into the next thing that I have for them. And you see 14, 14, 14, the next chapter, very clearly now notes them as apostles. So there was the ordination of apostles. And by the way, Barnabas was not one of the 12 apostles. Did you know that? So that, that's a, one of the many clear indications that apostles are still needed and relevant today. We have the 12 apostles of the Lamb. No one's going to replace them. They're the founding stones. But we have ascension ministry apostles still at work today. And that's what Ephesians 4.11 is talking about. Glory to God. So I say all that to bring you to this point that we are going to be talking about Chelsea and Beck. Let's give them a big, big cheer. 
We've been talking about this for a long time as a, as a board. We've had a number of meetings, been praying into this. And uh, we just felt like it's important today, particularly with Ben being here, one of our elders. He's, not gonna, he's only going to be here for another month or so um, before he goes back to Europe. We, we really wanted him involved in this. And uh, so we want to honor, firstly, I'll talk about Chelsea. Uh, recently, uh, Chelsea, we were in Queensland and she was ordained by the Australian Prophetic Council as a prophet to this nation in Australia. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's give Jesus some praise. And so it was beautiful because it's already been on our heart to see this happen, but it's great that she's recognized not only by us here, but also a council, an Australian council, uh, that, uh, and recognized her as a prophetic voice in this nation. So today we are also going to be recognizing her and honoring her as she steps into the office and the role of a prophet, which is really, really cool, really amazing. And so we're excited to lay hands on her and to recognize her as that. But not only that, she's also stepping up, uh, and she already is, but even more so, and we're going to go into this a little more when I hand the mic back to Ben, but she's stepping into the physical role of the senior leader of our Frankston campus. So she's going to be the mama of the house. She's already been doing that to a degree. But in 2018, you're going to see her even more as the mama of the house. Uh, really exciting. We have uh, Beck also, who has been a pastor, if you didn't know already. She's been doing the work of a pastor. She's headed up uh, an amazing ministry with Frank, living free and doing amazing pastoral work with people. And uh, that ministry has just grown and, and has been blossoming and so much fruit has come out of it. And so in 2018, officially, although she's already doing it, but in 2018, officially, you're going to see her coming in and leading as a pastor. So coming into the office of pastor and leading the pastoral care of the church. And so we want to thank you. And so look out, because when you do, this is a supernatural thing too, when you do this, it's, it's, we're recognizing it, we're celebrating it, but it's more than that. There's a supernatural mantle that is literally being released right now. And we get to celebrate that as a family. So if you thought she was doing great work already, wait to see what happens after this. As that grace supernaturally comes upon her even more. So praise God for that. So what we'll do now, let's lay hands on them both. I'm going to invite any of our leaders, uh, our elders, if you feel like you have a prophetic word or some sort of encouragement for them then uh, we can take this time to do that as well. I'll give you guys this mic and pass that around. So let's, let's come down the front here. Can you guys see if we come down here? Is that still okay? You can probably see my head. All right, still. All right, let's lay hands. And as a family, let's celebrate together. Maybe even let's stand actually. And let's stretch out our hands together. Glory to God. Jesus, I'm just going to pray and then I'm going to invite you guys to begin to speak encouragement and prophetic words. This is exciting because God's shaping things, positioning things for this local work, for this church of Frankston. And man, uh, it's exciting. This, this church is just going to continue to go from glory to glory to glory, particularly with these powerful women at, at the helm. So let's pray. 
Jesus. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for ordination. We thank you, Lord God, for uh, heavenly structure, heavenly authority, heavenly leadership to help protect freedom, to help build community, to help build family in Jesus' name. Not only that, uh, leaders, to lead an army of God. We're not only family, but we're an army. And so I thank you that these two carry family and army very well. And I thank you, Lord God, that we are going to charge ahead, win souls, build community, build family. And I thank you, Lord God, for these powerful women. Isn't it cool to have two women being ordained? Go the ladies, as it should be, in Jesus' name. So, Lord, I thank you. We recognize right now, and just like they did in the early church, we lay hands in this time of ordination with the elders, and we agree with you, Holy Spirit. We release Chelsea into the office of prophet and we release back into the office of pastor. This was so important to you, Jesus. As you ascended on high, you gave gifts unto men. Even before Beck was formed in a mother's womb, you had this ready for her, waiting for her. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Fire of God. The fire of God in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one or for other information, check out our website at firechurch.com.au.